welcome to the Profit First Podcast. And you probably noticed it's already a little bit different than usual. You know why? Because me and the crew are taking a little bit of a break. So we decided we're going to sprinkle in some of our greatest hits of all time in with some brand new episodes. So you don't know what's coming any given week. It's either going to be one of the greatest hits or something brand new. Either way, you're winning. Today's episode is one of our greatest hits. We interviewed Jen Sincero. I'm sure you recognize that name. She wrote a book called You're a Badass. And she came on our show to share the secrets from it. She actually takes Christina through a coaching session on Christina's passion in opera singing. And Jen shares perhaps one of my favorite questions. If there was a gun put to your head, if your life truly depended on a decision, how do you decide? Because when you consider decisions as life-altering, you realize every decision is life-altering. Well, she explains all in the episode ahead. Enjoy. Chris, did you hear that? That's the cue, Chris. That's the I know, cue for I was, you. I, I was, I, I'm, I was there. I was pausing. <laughs> oh anyway, this is yes. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, crickets when I pause, but this is, as you know, come on, you click the button. The Profit First Podcast, episode eighty-two. Yeah. Oh, we're oh my god, it's oh. echoing on the system. It's out of control. That uncharacteristically little grunting on this intro. I think it's a good point, actually. right? Jeez, yeah. well, welcome everyone to the show. I'm Chris Curran, the founder of Fractal Recording. And I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, joined in studio by Christina Bolduck. Hello. And you are listening to the Profit First podcast, where you learn everything about profitability. And today, as always, will be no different. You're going to learn about how to be profitable while being a badass. Ooh. Ooh. Profit. Oh, wait. Revenue is badass, but profit is... Fat ass. Because seriously, well, you get to sit around a lot when you're really profitable, so you get a fat ass. That's awesome. That's right. This show's about profit. And by the way, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And of course, the website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. You can literally binge listen to, you know, oodles of, of previous episodes that we've done. You know, if you got to go do some yard work, it's almost springtime. Come on, bring your Walkman <laughs> or your, your phone. And I always say Walkman, don't I? And you, you can binge do. listen to the Profit First podcast. There's so much profitable goodness coming out of these speakers into your ear right now. It's mm. kind of stupid, actually. It's a little bit stupid. Yeah, it's, it's, a little bit stupid. it's crazy. So, dude, what, what have you been up to, my brother? You know, uh, let me fade out the music. Oh, see, I was the, I, oh. I, I didn't want the party to end. <laughs> but my wife and I are going to have our 10th wedding anniversary next year, and we decided to go to Hawaii for the first time. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, That's so cool. I was asking Todd Cochran. He's, uh, he's the CEO of Blueberry. They're a media hosting, podcasting media hosting company. I interviewed him on my other show, and he lives in Hawaii. So I said, "Hey, man, where should we go? What should we do?" And he kind of, I got, I got a nice little private consultation on on my visit to Hawaii from Todd Cochran. Ooh, nice. And any learning, any suggested areas to go? Well, he said, "Oh, he said this is what he said: the island of Oahu." He said it's like Vegas. There's a lot to yes. see and lots of traffic yeah. and all that. He yeah. said the other, well, two of the other islands, Maui or Kauai. That's where you go to relax. He says it's like going to Wisconsin, but with a beach and sand and sun. Pretty oh, cool. I love the analogies. Yeah, that's what he said. So I would say you're a Lanai guy, and there's another island called Lanai, which is a population of 3,000. I actually have relatives that live on the island. We were out there last yeah. year. Um, and you want if you, if you want to get R&R, it's amazing. And the climate changes. You can go to the, the top of the mountains, and it, it gets cold. 
And then you go to the ocean, and same day, you can change from 80 degrees to 40 degrees. Don't That's they have, like, awesome. killer bugs, though? Didn't you almost die? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I got, yeah, I got bit by a hornet, and my whole arm exploded. Oh. That was disgusting. Dude. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be my update for today. Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, we, so on Lanai, there's an abandoned resort uh that's no longer used so it kind of looks like um gilligan's island mm. kind of stuff but like <laughs> overgrown and there was a bar there so i go there and i'm like posing for pictures my wife's like oh that's so funny <laughs> drinking your fake drink <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm like Ouch! what what just bit me and or stung me and this uh this hornet or something stung me and it must have injected gallons of venom it was massive really? i came back and first of all i was like so i came back here and you're like mike have you been lifting your fine yeah <laughs> Because my arm was so swollen, and then you saw it. No, it's it like, was, oh, bummer. Oh, God. Okay. He's like, yeah, he's been getting jacked on one arm. What's going on there? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And I think, All right, dude. I think, hey, we got to thank our corporate sponsors for making the show possible. Yes, we, we do. Do you know who they are? I do know who they are. Well, who are they? Fondera. Okay. T Sheets. Right. Nextiva. That's right. Funbox. That's right. Receipt Bank. Oh, I thought you'd forget that one. And uh-huh. Receipt Bank. Yeah. Uh-huh. Receipt Bank, our uh-huh. newest sponsor. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Big giddy today. <laughs> it's because I'm tired. <laughs> All right. So she's exhausted. Um, we have her working through the nights. Really? We're, we're, we're down two employees. Down today. two pregos. Oh. Yeah, everyone, everyone's getting pregnant, so Christine's now carrying the weight. And for everybody. L- probably literally up and down weight. those stairs. <laughs> not the baby weight. Jeez. Not, not the baby weight. All right, um, I we, we have a very special guest uh, coming on today. Her name is Jen uh, Sincero, and uh, before I tell you about her, and I know you already know about her, you've read her book, you are <laughs> a badass and all that stuff, um, I want you to know this. We are going to be sharing insights at the end of this episode, so after we learn from Jen, uh, we are going to tell you what we discovered. I think it's the only show on the web. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that does something like this, so uh, you're in for a double treat. Awesome. Her name is Jen Sincero, and uh, she wrote the New York Times bestselling book, You Are a Badass, How to Start Doubling Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. Now, let me tell you how well this book is performing. Mm. Like, you know, I know how well my book sells, and so I check out other ones. Her book is crushing it. Her, her <laughs> book, like, like I'm like a little fly that she twacked <laughs> off the- She twacked? The, yeah, twacked. You know what twacking <laughs> yeah. is, right? She twacked it off her desk because her book, I mean, her book is crushing it. But I don't know if you knew, before she, she wrote this amazing book, is that her plans was to be a world-famous rock star, and, and as a bassist, by the way, really? and didn't plan out, so she decided to try to become a lesbian instead. Oh. When, so I want to learn a little bit about that. Oh, um, she actually has books about uh, how, the straight girl's guide to sleeping with chicks, and she also has a book why you shouldn't be sleeping with your drummer. We'll learn about that, but we're really going to focus on how to be a badass and be profitable. Jen, welcome to our show. Thank you very <laughs> much. And just for the record, I did not twack you off my desk or whatever you just said. Well, I felt like a twacking. <laughs> what, 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 what do you do if something's very minuscule and bothersome? Don't you just twack it? You know, I feel like so many things. I'm six one, so everything kind of is that way for me. Oh, really? I didn't know any of you. You're 6'1". What's it like to be 6'1 as a woman? Um, you have to talk about your height every single time you leave the house, kind of. Oh, and every podcast, like right and every podcast, yeah. <laughs> On every, but I brought it up, so that's my bad. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So that must get very tiresome and frustrating at a certain point. It does, and I'm looking for excellent one-liners. So if anybody has a good one-liner that that I can have a comeback with when it comes up, I'd be forever grateful. You can just look at them and point and say. Russia, 2002 All-Star Team. Boom. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. If you look now, Russian. I would, if it's a guy asking, what's it feel like to be a 6'1 woman? I'd say, well, what's it feel like to be shorter than a woman? 
That's what I would say, I think. That might be a little bit too vindictive. Yeah. I know. They all come off really mean. That's the problem. But maybe this season is annoying and I am mad. Yeah, Yeah, I know. You could say, hey, hey, I don't have to call my husband to reach a a can of beans on the top shelf. Ho, ho. (laughs) No. no. (laughs) Oh, God. This is just going. It's hard. (laughs) All right. So here's what I want to know. Your book says you are a badass, as in the reader is a badass. Mm -hmm. What the heck does it mean to be a badass? I believe being a badass is pretty much allowing yourself to be, do, and have whatever is in alignment with your highest, most badassiest self. So whatever you feel like you were put on this earth to do, if you go and do it, then you are a badass. So not everyone's playing the same game, basically. What I'm hearing is everyone has their own version of badassiest yeah, badass, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, totally. So, you know, so often we feel like, oh, I am really interested, like for me, like in being a rock star is something so out there and crazy and big, but then you have all the reasons why you can't and shouldn't and won't make money at it and we'll get made fun of. And then we bury it alive and we wake up at 95 all sad that we didn't live the lives we wanted to live. So it's hmm. about getting through all that crap and really listening to what turns you on. What about the people that try and fail? Are they still a badass? If they keep trying. Oh, so, okay. Well, but when do you know to give up? I, I've read books that there is a time to quit. Well, I think you just got to really listen to yourself more than everybody outside of you. So if you get this internal hit on, you know what, time to course correct, then you go and do that. But I think the problem is in our culture, we are so disconnected from our instincts. And by the way, instincts are what allow birds to fly all the way around the planet. Why do we think that our drunk neighbor next door has better advice than our own instincts? You know? Yeah. First of all, the fact you know my neighbor is a drunk is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, but listen, you're the person who wrote the book that said The Straight Girl's Guide to Sleeping with Chicks. You 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 say, and tell me how accurate this is, I don't know if you're just doing this for, for media, but you say you, you attempted to become a lesbian. So, I did. Okay. So why? How? But you said if you fail, you shouldn't give up. I don't, it sounds like you failed at this and you gave up. because well the whole book was written and i'm kind of glad you brought this up because that book was me figuring out what the hell was going on with me i i met this Mm. woman it was the first time i'd been with a woman i was like oh oh my gosh am i a lesbian and so i started to try and figure out what the hell that meant and there were no books out there there were lots of books on being a lesbian on being bisexual but i wasn't really ready to sign up for a whole new thing i just i really didn't know what was going on with me so I started studying and researching and really listening to what made me happy. And at the end of the day, that wasn't what made me happy. But it was confusing as hell. But the answer came from honestly just getting quiet and listening to what was making me happy. And that wasn't it. Okay. So I think there's some something here you can guide us on. I mean, th- your experience in this instance, I think, is a very similar experience that we all go through. We have something we feel like, oh, maybe this was my life's intention. Maybe mm-hmm. this is truly who I am. And then we have the responsibility, it sounds like, to discover it. But how do we know when when to respond to uh, a question that poses itself like that? And how do we know how to navigate it and decide if it truly is a calling or if it's just an experiment? Getting in the game. I feel like we spend so much time in our heads trying to figure it out and weighing the options, which is important, you know, not to cast the brain out to sea as useless, but... If you don't get in the game and start trying things, you don't learn anything. So 
I really think, because like for me, okay, so I met this chick and it was all hot and fun. And if I hadn't gone for it, I wouldn't have figured out who I am. I would have been constantly questioning, like, maybe that would have been a good idea. Maybe I am a lesbian. Maybe I'm, you know what I mean? But by getting in the game and constantly trying new experiences, we learn through experience. You know, you can tell somebody something over and over, but until they experience it for themselves, you don't really learn anything. So it is about just getting in the game, most of it. But what about the momentum? So once you commit to something, you start doing it. First, I think there's a fear to try something new. Then once we're living something new, this becomes our new definition of ourselves. How did you have the courage or the ability to say, whoops, this is not the right choice? And you're affecting other people in your case. How do you say enough is enough? You know, that's scary too. I think a huge part of being a badass is being available to do the scary things. So yes, it affects other people, but it you don't end up doing anybody any good when you're faking it anyway, right? What are you going to do? Stay in a relationship because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings by breaking up with them? That's not, I wouldn't want somebody to stay with me for that reason, you know? Right. Mm. So it's about having the courage. And, and honestly, most, the thing that scares the living crap out of human beings is change. And mm. that ain't going to go anywhere anytime soon. So being courageous in the face of making change is is kind of the holy grail. Well, do you have tools or suggestions of how you can build that muscle? Hmm. Practice. And um, instead of, you know, I'm a big believer that in meditating and getting quiet so that you can connect with that part of yourself. And so when you get that intuitive hit to go do something, if it's a little bit scary, you know you're on the right track. So I think what happens a lot of times is the second it's scary, we're like, oh, can't do that because um, it'll be really expensive and I'll put this at risk and this person will think I'm a lunatic and la, la, la. We immediately open the floodgates to all the excuses and, and important reasons why we shouldn't do that. So it, it's practicing when you get that scary hit, not negotiating and turning towards it being like, all right. I got that hit and it's freaking me out a little bit, which means it's outside of my comfort zone. So I'm going to run straight at it instead of away from it. But I want to try a little experiment, Christina. Okay. okay. <laughs> Christina is an aspiring opera singer. Mm, She's cool. devoted a lot of time to it. Um, and then at times you don't devote as much time to it because there's financial obligations. Jen, could you coach Christina right now on our show of her passion or interest around opera singing? Okay. Why don't you tell her the backstory and I'll let you two just run with it. Yeah, no. So right now I'm kind of at a crossroads. Um, I've kind of had this feeling in me pretty much my whole life since I was able to talk. Um, and it was always kind of pushed down by family. Like, no, you know, that's not really your career. You can't really do that. So I almost started to look at it as a negative thing. And then after college, I ran into some friends and they were like, why aren't you doing this? And they brought me to a coach. Um, and I sang for him. He's like, you gotta, I gotta work with you. We have to pursue this. And then I just being introduced to more and more professionals in the world. And I was like, oh my God, like I actually may have what it takes if all these people are believing in me. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I want to study once a week. And I, I can fortunately, because they give me a, a break, which I'm very grateful to have financial wise. Um, but now I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I pursue this and, you know, start a family and, and be able to work full time? Like, how do I juggle all of these things and still be able to, to, to be a badass? <laughs> well, so what's the question? Is it time management? Yeah. Or, I, it, I mean, I don't know. Christina? I don't know. Uh, so how do, how do you, can I have it all? I guess is my mm, question. 
Of course. We put a man on the moon. You can find time to sing opera. Seriously. Come on. Yeah, but didn't we put a man on the moon? I mean, he didn't put himself up there. Somebody did. Somebody had the audacity to think it was possible. So... It, I mean, seriously, if um, if we put a gun to your head and said you have to sing opera and raise a family, would you figure out how to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you need, I mean, I guess it just needs to be laid out for you. And I, I think maybe, is that the point? Is people make it too complicated? They overthink mm-hmm. it and they're just like, you know what? No, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it, basically. Totally. And it's kind of like, it's so much easier to come up with all the reasons why not. But if you had to, if your life depended on it, and I think this is such an interesting phrase, like if, when your life depends on it, you go and do it, but your life totally depends on it. Yeah. Your life, true. when you want to live it, you don't realize depends the urgency. on it. So make it freaking happen. You know, push yourself. It, it, we get so comfy. It's when you push yourself and we think that pushing ourselves is going to be so hard and scary and take all this time, but what's harder and scarier than living a mediocre life? Yeah. But it sounds true. exhausting. I got Yeah. Christine, Christine's <laughs> does working. It? Yeah. It, does it, Christine? She, I don't know. Am I putting words every day? Wouldn't that give you energy? If oh, you touche, like came touche. home kicking ass after singing, I can't imagine anything that would give you more energy. Um, it's exhausting but exhilarating because it takes yes. a lot more work than people think. But if you, if I step out of a studio and I'm like, damn, that was an awesome day, I feel pumped, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a really good point. How how often are you getting into the studio now? Um, I'm lucky if I get there every other week. <laughs> and what's your heart call out to do if you could? Um. I mean, I, I I would love to go twice a week, but it's just, you know, there are certain things, whether it's financial wise or just time constraints, right. just uh, some, I somehow find excuses not to go, which maybe there's a deeper reason for that. But yeah, and Jen, so start, make a commitment to go twice a week, seriously, yeah. as if your life depends on it. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Okay. But, uh, I love that. I love that. But <laughs> that here's, was easy. Well, I don't know if it was easy because I, I hear, yeah, I want to, I want to do twice a week and I get it, but instantly my head and now I'm... Uh, Shame on me, but I'm like, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. How are you going to find the time? You're going to be exhausted. Uh, there's a million reasons not to do it. And then what's the payoff? Uh, you want to become a major opera singer. And the potential's there, but it's going to require this. It just seems like, uh Well, from what I am understanding from all of this is, you know, you, my life path, or maybe what I believe my life path to be is I, I need to have... I need to have opera singing in in my life in right. some way, whether I make it big on the stage or whether I'm doing it in the community for free. Whatever it is, I need to have that involved in my life. But from my understanding of what Jen's definition of a badass is, if I'm pursuing what I believe I'm meant to do on this earth, that can still change. Mm-hmm. Like The path can change, uh, and as long as I'm willing to change with it and still go with what I believe I'm supposed to be going with, then that still keeps me in the bracket. Is that... Does that make any that sense? That totally makes sense to <laughs> okay. me. That makes sense to yeah. me. Jen, what do you think about that? So so you mean like your your desire for superstardom versus might might go down to just hanging out and doing it in the community and yeah. having fun that yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally. mean, when I was five, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, honest. I'm sorry. Go, you go ahead. Honest. As long as, and, and this is the thing, it's like busting yourself. Like, is that really what you want? And if that's true, A+. plus. So but if I push time. myself and I realize, oh, okay, I want to do this instead, or let's tone this back, then that was the goal. Because in doing this and pushing yourself, you find out what you really want. Yeah. And so if if doing it in the community for free truly does light you up, then go for it. But don't 
pretend that's what you want because you don't think you can have what you really want. Oh, yeah. There's a difference. Uh, yeah. yeah. And how do you know you're getting what you really want versus compromising? You feel it, I would it's, imagine. You feel it and you have to take the time. Like we don't stop. I, you know what my new mantra is for myself lately is shut up and slow down. <laughs> it's like just take the time to listen. We really this is so woohooery, but it's like take the time to you have all the answers inside of you. See, you have all of the answers inside I of you. I don't think it's woohooery. I think you're absolutely right. The answers inside. This is the, you know, I've been practicing meditation for almost 13 years now, meditation on the Good heart. For you. And look, the heart is where our authentic self is. Our mind is the thing that gets all crazy and, and you know, thinks too much and, and argues with itself. And our mind is, is known in Vedic literature as our greatest friend or, or our greatest enemy. And the mind, we can't trust the mind. You have to trust your heart. That's why you yeah. know when, when, when it comes to your heart, you don't have to ask the question, is this right for me or not? You just know it. But that has to come from within yourself. And that's why meditation is important because meditation is the only way to calm down your mind enough so you can hear what your heart is saying. Hang out with your heart. Yeah. Is it the only way, Chris? I mean, meditation is the only way? Meditation is a process of regulating your mind. So the mind is a tool that we have to use. That's all the mind is. But the problem most people have is they think they are their mind. That little voice in their Mm. head, you think you are that voice. You're not that voice. That is just one part of your being. And we give so much, especially in the West, we give so much importance to the mind and the intellect. Well, that's not where it's at, man. When you're a kid and your mom is there and you're with your mom and you know your mom loves you, that's the heart, man. Mother's love is from the heart and you feel that, you know it. The mind is something we have to bring down to a normal level. Most of our minds are racing way too much and that's why meditation is a tool to bring it down to the normal level. Jen, when you do your presentations around this, your book is circulating with so many people. What are the stories you're hearing back? How what are, what are the things that are affecting people that's changing them? Your, your book's exploding in popularity, exploding. Why is it? You must have something in there that's magical. Lots of F-bombs? Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that works. That's part, part one. That always yeah. works. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> How about this keep, one? I got a better one. keep doing that. Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, very sexy. Did you say fuck? Oh, no, no, only, only the audio can. No, no, of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> Um, we love to lose listeners. <laughs> so what is it? What What's the thing that's affecting people? Well, first of all, I think the tone, I don't, I, I think the way that it's written is, is very um, conversational. And, you know, I lived in a converted garage, you know, actually a lot of self-help people have had, you know, peppered pasts, but um, I think the tone of voice. And I also think it just really gives people permission. I got to say as a life coach and a, and a writer and a speaker, 90% of my job is just giving people permission to do what they want. Mm. Mm. It's fascinating. So all the tools and, um, you know, all the, all the mindset tricks and all that stuff, it's great. But at the, bottom, at the end of the day, it's just like you can because we are so taught that to be in fear, to list all the excuses why it's not going to work and to be sensible and to be, you know, secure, which cracks me up because we are on a, on a ball in outer space. And so security, really, that's a, the cosmic joke. But, but it really is about giving yourself permission. 
yeah, and, and that's that's the ultimate struggle. Um, now let's tie this into profitability. Hence yeah. the name of the show. <laughs> How can a a badass be be profitable? I mean, uh, and 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 sustain and and grow. Um, and I mean that from both vantage points, financial, but also in f- fulfillment. I think it's becoming pretty obvious. But what about the financial side? Can you really be profitable and a badass? Totally. That kind of is the badass credo is to be profitable in whatever way you desire to be. So if you don't give yourself permission to make money, because man, you know, I've written about sex. I've, I've written, I haven't written about religion, but I feel like sex, money, and religion are, um, the three most loaded topics. And I think money is the most loaded. We have such a zoo going on around, our judgments with money because we all want more usually, right? And we all have fun spending it on things we love and on the people we love, but we feel dirty when we spend it and we feel like we're a bad person if we want it. And so there's all this craziness going on around money. And until you get in alignment, once again, with with the flow of wealth and the flow of finances, you're going to not let yourself have it. And that is, that is not badass. <laughs> now, talk about badass. I mean, you are the ultimate badass. You wrote uh, your book, I think you said in three weeks or something. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about this? So you're, you and I sure. were talking off air, uh, and um, you're like, oh, I, I did in three weeks. Not by design. Do you mind sharing that story and then tell me, sure. how can you do that? It's amazing. Well, I have found that I'm the kind of person who, well, first of all, writing is a very excruciating process for me, but... Um, and I work extremely well under pressure. In fact, I only work under pressure. So I'm not the kind of person who gets up every morning and makes a cup of coffee and sits down for my three hours of daily writing. I don't <laughs> touch a blank page until the gun is to my head. And then I'm in my ratty old robe with my hair in a ponytail, eating fast food for a month, writing a whole book. So that's how, how I function best. And once I figured that, because I used to beat myself up like, how can I be a coach and be such a fruit loop when it comes to this kind of thing? But that's my version of balance. Like I'm either, you know, rafting down the Colorado river, not doing any work or working my ass off. And that's my form of balance. And I think it's really important to figure out how you work best and not feel like there's a right or a wrong way and just go with what works. You know, I think you just gave the ultimate profit tip Mm -hmm. is the permission to produce profits, if you will, the way that we feel comfortable doing it and not complying mm. with what the world says. Here's mm-hmm. how you be productive. Do the three morning writing session, which ironically, right. I felt like you were mocking me, Jen, because that's what I do. <laughs> I get up with my little coffee for three hours. That's funny. So I um, think, can I bring it back to Christina's situation? Because I wanted yes. to ask you, Jen, um, Christina, when, when we got to the end of what Chris, we were talking about with Christina and she said, okay, I'll do it. And then Mike was like, well, yeah, but the time and the money, the money. Does, mm-hmm. can't, doesn't Christina have the opportunity to say, okay, right now in my life, I'm making this much, but I want and need to make twice as much and mm-hmm. be a badass and say, hey, I'm going to earn twice as much, right? Of course. Well, give some more meat to that. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't understand the question. I didn't well, either. Okay. That. <laughs> yeah. in, in a way, it wasn't, in a way, it was a question, but in a way, it was like also me saying that I think when you make a decision, for instance, in your case, Christina, that you want to sing opera twice a week, that might not be the only decision. Because if it's hard to fit that into your current life, you have other pieces of your life that are where they are right now. 
Right. But fitting Actually, opera into exactly what you have might not be possible. Maybe you do need twice as much money. Maybe you need to work less hours. I don't know. I'm, Mike wouldn't want to hear that. But but what okay, I'm saying is I've, you might have to change more than one aspect of your life to make it all work, right? Yeah. And couldn't you make money singing? Is that yes, so it's, crazy? Oh, yeah. it's difficult, but it's it's possible. But no, I mean, I just I even want to thank you, Jen, even just going through all of this, because I I think the problem has been deeper. I've had a mental block over the past like month because I'm like, why is it that I am all of a sudden less motivated to go mm. to the studio? Is it money or is it something else? And I think for me, it's I have to do some soul searching. And through doing that, I I, what soothes my soul most is singing. So if that means for the next couple months getting into the studio more to be singing to kind of realize what it is that I want to do in my next step, then that's, that's what I have to do. And I have to make it work one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Rock on. Yeah. yeah. Rock on, badass. <laughs> do your, what do you call your, your folks, your following when they achieve badassesthood? Badasses. Okay. Oh, super badasses. Super bads. I don't super, know. super bads. <laughs> you know you're so free flowing. You're, you're funny. You're like, yeah, maybe super bads. I don't know. Like, do you really have a name for them, or you don't have a name yet? Well, I refer to every badasses, I guess. But it's kind of funny because I don't actually really use that word in my real life. It just came to me for the book, and then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Right? Like that word is suddenly. Is it just me because I'm in the badass world? But it seems like it's everywhere. Anyway, um, that does not answer the question. I call them badasses, yes. Okay. And uh, what's what's next on your agenda? I mean, not like today. Like, what are you doing this afternoon? But like, what what's next on your book agenda, speaking, mm. all the stuff you're doing to make the world more badass? Well, I'm actually writing a book about money. So, mm. yeah. So maybe I can come on again. Oh, yes, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it, actually, if you reference Profit First in your book, I wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I'm starting a podcast as well. Yes. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a talk show. I'm getting a talk show. And um, what else is well, going Well, let's on? talk about the talk show because I want mm-hmm. folks listening mm-hmm. to this right now to turn on uh, their TVs. When does that broadcast? What channel? Where is it available? Well, it's still in negotiations. We have a buyer for it, but we're sort of still shopping it around, so I can't actually oh. say, but thank you. for. Can you, say, can you say the name or no? The name of the talk show? Yeah called You Are a Badass with Jen Sincero. Nice, okay. <laughs> with the queen badass yeah. herself. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so you got a new book coming out. And when's that next book coming out? Um, in three and a half weeks. No, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We haven't, we're, we're just, everything is in shopping phase right now. So, um, uh, you know, in a, in a year or so. Fantastic. Yeah. And for yeah. folks listening in, where can they find out more about you? At jensincero.com. So it's J-E-N and then Sincero is like sincere with an O on the end. So S-I-N-C-E-R-O.com. Great. Jen, thank you so much thank for joining you, us you. today. Thank you, guys. This is so fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Cool. Hang tight. We're going to talk about it if you want to listen in. You're welcome <laughs> Okay. <to it>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What an interesting... You know, we go down these paths you don't expect to go yeah, down. Yeah. I need to get a copy of this book, like, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'm, I'm buying it for you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, so save that, those 15 bucks for your, <laughs> okay. for your next lesson. Yeah. Totally. All right. Uh, in a second, we're going to recap what we learned today. I got a, you know the page full of notes. No surprise here, but from really, some really interesting perspectives. First, I want to thank our corporate partners, uh, Fundera, 
which is one-stop uh, funding. If you need a loan, check them out at fundair.com. Fundbox, which is a separate company with a similar mission, though, but they do invoice financing. If you have invoices that are not being paid on time, they release those funds to you in their entirety. Go to fundbox.com. And thanks to Nextiva. They're our longest sponsor now, our, our corporate partner. Uh, they provide voiceover IP phone systems. We rely on their systems now for years and love them. That's at nextiva.com. Receipt Bank is our newest uh, corporate partner. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using them constantly. You'll see there's less receipts on my desk, even though it's still a mess here. <laughs> but you can now scan in your receipts free of your phone. It syncs it up with your accounting system, and all your stuff is properly and legally tracked. So if you ever go through an audit or need to reference your receipts for a client or anything, Receipt Bank tracks it all. And then so last but certainly not least is T-Sheets time tracking software, T-Sheets.com. All right, uh, Christina, you were the patient in this case. Yeah. What did you learn today from John? Uh, you know, I I know it's cliche, but I feel like there's been a weight lifted off my shoulders just having that short little conversation with you guys. It kind of worked me through my demons a little bit of what I've been trying to figure out. And um, what I liked about what she said most was 90% of her job is giving people to do or permission to do what they already want to do. Yeah. And I, I giggled to myself a little bit because that's actually something that my voice teacher tells me all the time. Uh, you know, I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to remind you of what you're capable of and to push you to do it. Yeah. And that's just, sometimes you need someone to slap you in the face and say, hey, wake the hell up and uh, and, and get going. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Jen yesterday offline and um, I said, what's the biggest thing to get people to, to get permission. And she says, you know, the people she hang you hang out with determine that. Mm. So if you're with your family all the time and your family's the naysayers, they're going to constantly naysay. And then she said, but if you hang out with other opera singers on Broadway, they're like, come on, turn yeah. up the heat. So interesting, um, interesting perspective on permission. Chris, how about you? Yeah, so this is the Profit First podcast and we talk about profit. And Mike, your book, which is called Profit First, uh, details the way in which it, it's the it's the system to become profitable, right? And but that doesn't. Um, but but besides having a system of how to do it, there's the actual decision that you're gonna do it, and that's sort of what I was trying to ask Jen. I don't think it, my my question was uh, Barry. What did you think of my question to Jen? There's no activity, no giggle, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, so it was a terrible <laughs> question. But basically, <laughs> you're listening to this podcast. You have a business. You want to be more profitable. You just have to decide that you're going to be more profitable and pick a number, double your profit or something. Just be bold. You got to decide to do it first and then figure out how. And the reason maybe you're not deciding to do it is maybe there's some fear there. But so this leads into my one takeaway from Jen is she said, get in the game. You know, it's necessary for us to take action to learn. We can talk about becoming more profitable all day long, but First deciding it and then using the, the techniques in your book, Mike, to, to actually do it, you will learn so much through that. So I, I don't know. I just, of course, I wrote a personal development book as well. Who knew? But I think that boldness of the decision making of that resolution that, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, that's like the impetus for everything else. And I think that's in a way what Jen was saying, you know, she gives permission to people to, to do that. After this show wraps up, Chris, I'm going to make a little note for one of my upcoming books I'm working on. One insight you just kind of triggered off on me. 
Decision is different than desire. Most people, everyone desires a better life, better income, more profit, but most people don't decide. Yet we confuse the two. We say, yeah, I intend or want to be, usually it's want, I want to be rich. That's a desire. That's not a decision. A decision is a bold commitment with no alternative. And that's what I learned from uh, Jen today where she said, if there was a gun to your head when she was coaching you, if there was a gun to your head, would you do it? If your life depended on it, would you do it? And I think if we make the consequence that serious, then the whole game changes. Yeah. If we play like our life depends on it. And then she said, almost like quippy, she said, and our life does depend on it. And she's right. Yeah. So that was my big takeaway. That was the best one. I saved that. I knew you were going to say that, so I saved that one for you. <laughs> oh, dude, you're the man. Thank you. Thank I you. love this. I love this show. Damn it. Me too. Yeah, I like the, the little. I don't know if it's gonna play out when we actually broadcast this with the little echo in the background, but it sounds like we're talking like in heaven or something, you know? No, it'll be in gone. front of a big audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, now I'm gonna have to leave part of that echo in there just so people can hear the echo that you referenced. Oh, you're oh, so you're you're editing all that. Yeah, out. pretty okay. much. I'll get rid of a lot, but some will be there for sure. Good, good. Barry, how much of the echo is gonna be left behind? A hundred and ninety percent. All right, that Whoa. made no sense. So yeah, hundred and ninety percent. I love it. So this has I been mean, great. Um, by the way, if you want to um, rate and review our show, you can in iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, and um, you can hear us on any podcatcher that you want to use. So that's pretty cool. And of course, the website profitfirstpodcast.com. dot com. And you got to know about Profit First Professionals as well because talk about the how. Jeez. Mike? Yeah. So, you know, I wrote Profit First to give people a kind of a step-by-step methodology to the management of money, not in what we've been told, not a rehash of read your accounting statements tied into this metrics. That doesn't work. Most businesses aren't profitable. If you're listening to the show, there's an 83% chance statistically, according to the SBA, that you are not profitable. So I said, why is that problem exist? And what it is, it's a, be- it's a behavioral understanding of how we manage money, how we manage resources. So Profit First is a behavioral system. It works with your natural behavior, so you don't need to change. You leverage what you're already doing. Well, I write the book. People start calling me and saying, I want an accountability partner. I want a bookkeeper or an accountant that understands this. I need a coach that can help me to the next level of Profit First. That's why we formed Profit First Professionals, and I encourage you to go there right now. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the Find button. We will hook you up with an accountant, a bookkeeper, or a business coach that will help take your business, regardless of the industry you're in, to a level of profit you've never experienced before. And uh, it's all about your behavior. You actually learned some great insights today around it, and you'll learn a lot more if you simply go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com now. Boom. <laughs> I should play that, that nuclear explosion. That's our other show. That's yeah, our other show. The GMAP show. By the way, if you haven't heard the GMAP show, Grow My Accounting Practice. If you're an accountant or bookkeeper, um, or you know one, yeah, you know what? Email your accountant and bookkeeper right now. Tell them to Ooh. go look up GMAP. Yeah, we should do that. You do that. For God's sake, do that. Grow do my accounting. Do that. Grow my accounting practice. Listen, if your account now I'm getting jacked up, if your accountant or bookkeeper does not help you with your profitability, they are not an accountant or bookkeeper. They're a data processor. Your accountant or bookkeeper has a responsibility not to just say I will help you with your profit, but have a method that supports that process. So tell them, go to Profit First Professionals. They should click on apply to sign up. <laughs> There you go. Thank you to Jen Sincero. Thanks, Mike and Christina. And next episode, Michael O'Neill. 
Oh my God, he's a podcaster galore. You think this podcast is popular? He gets like a thousand times the volume we get. What? Wow. Yeah, what? He's going to bring it. And we're going to be giving a little coaching on how to implement Problem First in a podcast. Excellent. Setup. There you go. Visit. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Or, uh, sorry, later this week. Now we're publishing two a week. Twice a week. Yeah, oh my baby. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See y'all.